0: Howdy, and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week six, day two of our study of Isaiah. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Isaiah chapter 19. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start? Jesus, touch our hearts today and fill us with your truth from your word. We wanna know you more and encounter you in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We're reading today from the NIV. This is Isaiah 19, starting in verse 1. A prophecy against Egypt. See, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and is coming to Egypt. The idols of Egypt tremble before him, and the hearts of the Egyptians melt with fear. I will stir up Egyptian against Egyptian. Brother, against, brother will fight against brother neighbor against neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. The Egyptians will lose heart and I will bring their plans to nothing. They will consult the idols and the spirits of the dead, the mediums and the spiritists. I will hand the Egyptians over to the power of a cruel master and a fierce king will rule over them, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. So, Right off the bat, uh, before I get going, we've, Isaiah has been opening with kind of this declaration, the last several chapters of who he's prophesying to this, you know, this is a prophecy against Cush. This is a prophecy against Damascus. This is a prophecy against Egypt. And so, uh, you know, we've had Moab and Edom and, and the Philistines. And so we're kind of in this circle around Israel. And now we've kind of dealt with Cush or Ethiopia. Um, and now we're coming to Egypt and we're going to continue going on in this vein for the next chapter to kind of prophesying against all of these nations around Israel. And and I want to point out something interesting here. Some people have said that, you know, Israel is God's chosen people and they have a covenant with God. And so really they're the only nation that the Lord has ever judged or brought judgment against. And I think that these people that say things like this, and this is in my experience a fairly popular ideology. I, I think in, in some ways, maybe these people have never read Isaiah or some of these old Testament prophetic passages because no, the Lord didn't have a, a specific covenant with Egypt in the way that he had with Israel. Egypt is not God's chosen set apart. Holy people, but there is still a covenant with Egypt in that they are God's creation And they still have one creator, not many gods. These aren't real. They have one true God who is is over all of them. (laughs) And they, they owe honor and worship and glory to him. And so, yes, they have this covenant by breathing, by existing. And so the Lord is dealing with all of these nations. He will bring judgment to all of these nations for their sins and for not worshiping him and not following him. And so I think this is a pretty basic thing in scripture, but this is something when, when people try to come up with either overcomplicated, oversimplistic ways of, of describing the world, especially ways that kind of help them think and believe the, the, about the world the way they want to believe about the world. Um, they, they come up with these kinds of ideas that the Lord only judges Israel, but he doesn't judge us, especially not Christians and not Christian nations or anything like that because, um, because he doesn't deal with, with anyone else like that because we don't have a covenant with him. I've heard people say that about America is that the Lord doesn't have a covenant with America. And again, um, I think even if you're just a student of American history, you know that George Washington actually made a covenant with God on Inauguration Day. So if nothing else, we do actually have a covenant with God as established by our, our principal patriarch. But we don't have like a biblical covenant, no. But we still have a covenant with God in that we have blood in our veins and breath in our lungs and that alone is enough of a covenant for us to uh, to necessitate us to worship him with every breath and every fiber of our being all of our mind soul uh, heart and strength everything in us so <clears throat> here is the lord prophesying against egypt and and saying that uh, you know there's they're, they're going to be conquered and it sounds like here he's talking about the Assyrians. But it could also be that he's talking about maybe the Antichrist in the last days. This is one of those where, or maybe he's actually talking about both. Again, the Lord knows how to play like five, 10 dimensional chess, however you want to, whatever cliche you want to use there. He knows how to do this. And so maybe it's a little bit of both. I'm not quite entirely sure. And and of all the commentators I've read, Um, lots of them are very sure, but when you read the, the preponderance of commentators, it's like, I don't think anybody fully knows for sure exactly when, or if this has yet been completely fulfilled. Verse five, the waters of the river will dry up. And obviously we're talking about the Nile river. There's the one river, the river in Egypt is the Nile. Verse five, the waters of the river will dry up and the riverbed will be parched and dry. The canals will stink. The streams of Egypt will dwindle and dry up. The reeds and rushes will wither. Also the plants along the Nile at the mouth of the river. Every sown feel along the Nile will become parched, will blow away and be no more. To my knowledge in all of human history, the Nile has never run dry. This is the... the, the One of the two largest rivers on planet Earth. To my knowledge, it's never run dry. Now, there is an interesting thing where there are a series of dams, at least one giant dam being proposed in Ethiopia uh, outside of Egyptian control. and, And obviously, the Nile River is the only thing that makes egypt exist it does it just doesn't rain in egypt egypt is is very much part of the sahara desert it never rains there and the only thing that that makes egypt egypt that gives it life is the nile river there's like this one little thread along the nile river than the nile delta where it dumps into the the mediterranean uh, sea the mediterranean uh yeah mediterranean sea. Um, that little sliver of land is all that's fertile there. Nile waters everything. And this idea of Ethiopia, again, Kush in these areas, the idea that that, uh, these places can build a dam and potentially block up the Nile, is troubling to Egypt. And there's been a lot of back and forth. And I think this dam is, is currently under construction. I don't think it's been impounded yet, but it's currently under construction. There's obviously a lot of tension over that. But I mean, uh, generally, when you impound a dam, you don't want to cut off the water entirely. You don't want to impound it and fill the dam up in one year. It only can take 10 years to slowly reduce the flow of the river enough to just fill up the the, the lake a reservoir little by little, but if you've got one nation that doesn't really like another nation, you got a Ethiopia or wherever that doesn't really like Egypt that much, and they don't care if Egypt dries up and withers, they could completely shut off the water of the Nile River if they build this dam, and impound the lake in one year, and you could have a situation where the Nile could actually completely dry up, and and you know there's there's many dams that could be built along the Nile River to make. Uh, you know, water less scarce and to pipe it across the country and to have hydroelectric power, all of those kinds of things. This part of Africa is rapidly developing right now. So I find these prophecies right here very fascinating because this has never happened in the history of humanity, but we're living in a day where not through potentially some kind of like mega drought where the Nile literally dried up, but the human intervention where there's like actually a a cruel master uh, to the south of them could dry up their river. I find that, I find that very, very interesting. Let's continue on verse 7. Uh, the reeds and rushes will wither, also the plants along the Nile at the mouth of, river, of, the, of the river. Every sown field along the Nile will become parched, will blow away and be no more. Verse 8, the fishermen will groan and lament All who cast hooks in the Nile, those who throw nets on the water will pine away. Those who work with combined with combed flax will despair. The weavers of fine linen will lose hope. The workers in cloth will be dejected. And all the wage earners will be sick at heart. Again, we're talking about the Nile River drying up. It's never happened. So we know when we're asking, who is this to? We're told right off the bat this is about Egypt. But we know that this part has never happened. Verse eleven. The officials of Zoan are nothing but fools. The wise counselors of Pharaoh give senseless advice. How can you say to Pharaoh, I am one of the wise men, a disciple of the ancient kings, Zoan as uh, this Egyptian city. Uh, continue on verse twelve. Where are your wise men now? Let them show you and make known what the Lord Almighty has planned against Egypt. The officials of Zoan have become fools. The leaders of Memphis are deceived. The cornerstone of her peoples have led Egypt astray. The Lord has poured into them a spirit of dizziness. They make Egypt stagger in all that she does as a drunkard staggers around in his vomit. There's nothing Egypt can do. Head or tail, palm branch or reed. And that day the Egyptians will become weaklings. They will shudder with fear at the uplifted hand that the Lord Almighty raises against them. And the land of Judah will bring terror to the Egyptians. Everyone to whom Judah is mentioned will be terrified because of what the Lord Almighty is planning against them. Again, from Isaiah's time period on... I don't know that this has ever happened. Has there ever been a time where they've been terrified of Judah? Now, there's been times where they've been terrified of the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, the Romans. There's been uh, terror from all of those. And and all of those empires have come through and set up shop in Judah. And, And actually, even at times, launched campaigns from Judah into Egypt across the Sinai Peninsula. Sinai Desert, but have they ever actually been terrified of Judah, the people of Judah, the the land of Judah? I'm not sure about that. I don't think that's ever actually happened in history since Isaiah has prophesied this, or even before Isaiah prophesied this. Other than uh, when the the people of Israel come across the the uh, Red Sea and the Lord destroys the Egyptian army, uh, there's probably a little bit of fear going on then. But outside of that, there's not really been a great terror or fear of the people of Judah throughout human history. So that's another question of where does this fit in in God's timeline and what will that look like? And there's definitely coming a day where the book of Revelation, other end time prophecy talk about the return of the Messiah, Jesus is coming back and every eye will see him and everyone will fear. In, the, in Revelation chapter one, it says he's coming on the clouds and everyone who sees him will fear. This is a man who's coming. He is from Judah and he will return to Judah. And there will definitely be a day where everyone on planet Earth that does not have allegiance to Jesus will be terrified of a man from Judah. So potentially that's what we're speaking about here. Verse 18. In that day, five cities in Egypt will speak the land of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord Almighty. Now we have that phrase here again, in that day. What day is that? We don't know. He doesn't specifically tell us, but it seems like it's that day that's coming maybe here in the end times. Again, we haven't seen the Nile River dry up. We haven't seen a lot of these things. We haven't seen Egypt afraid of the land of Judah, but we're talking about in that day, whenever that is, and to anyone's knowledge, this has never happened as well. There's not ever been five specific cities that swear allegiance to the Lord Almighty and speak the land of Canaan. The Hebrews is the euphemism we're looking at here. Uh, that's that's never really happened in in that specific way. Now, there's some people that try to explain this and say, well, maybe it's just some, like five is is just representative of it's a, a small number, but there's some there right? because there's lots, way, way more than five. But I tend to, if, if Isaiah here and, and all of these things are going to be very specific, I mean, there's prophecies in here, why Isaiah is like, listen, you know, in one year, From the time that I tell you this, like someone who's an indentured servant is counting down their days. Like you can set your watch this in one year, this is going to happen, right? Isaiah, when he gets specific, he is specific and he's right on. And so when he's saying there's going to be five cities, I would tend to not want to look at that as in a, in a figurative way. I would look at that. He's saying five cities. Well, he must have... The Lord must have five specific cities in Egypt in mind where this is going to be the case. And again, this has not happened. So I find this, this one very fascinating as well. Continuing on in verse 18, one of them will be called the city of the sun. Again, it's hard to look at this in a figurative way when we get this detailed and this specific. So I think this is yet to come. And I think Isaiah is giving us some very specific explanations of what this will be. Now the city of the sun, we know that the sun god Ra is is one of the greatest deities in the Egyptian pantheon and so it would be natural for them to call one of the cities the cities of the, of the sun. This again this is a little cryptic as far as what Isaiah is saying here because it doesn't really line up with anything we know so far. So what is this going to be and what city will this be? might not necessarily be the city of the sun, or maybe it's going to be a city called Ra or something else. Maybe they'll build a city that will pay homage to the Egypt, Egypt of the past right now, Egypt is Islamic. And so they have nothing to do with the pantheon of Egyptian deities in its, in its current state. So it would be very interesting for a city in Egypt to be called basically kind of going back to this idea of the Egyptian sun God. That'd be a, a, really an anathema to the Muslim people of Egypt today. Verse 19. In that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the heart of Egypt and a monument to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord Almighty in the land of Egypt. When they cry out to the Lord because of their oppressors, he will send them a savior and defender and he will rescue them. So the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. And in that day, they will acknowledge the Lord. They will worship with sacrifices and grain offerings. They will make vows to the Lord and keep them. The Lord will strike Egypt with a plague. He will strike them and heal them. They will turn to the Lord and he will respond to their pleas and heal them. This is an amazing statement right here because this sounds exactly like the, the people of Israel, they leave Egypt and they go into the promised land and then they wander. But then during the time of judges, they go through these cycles, right? They go these cycles where there's oppressors and then they repent and cry out to the Lord and he, he gives them a deliverer. And it's almost like Isaiah is prophesying the same thing is going to happen to you, Egypt. You're going to sin. The Lord's going to send oppressors over you. You're going to repent and you're going to turn to the one true God the God of Israel and he's going to hear you and he's going to send you a deliverer just like in the book of judges he's going to deliver you from your oppressors and when when he strikes you with a curse he's going to heal you i think this is such a, a fascinating passage where the lord is proclaiming this judgment over egypt but also acknowledging that he loves the egyptians israel is not the only nation that the lord loves They are different in that the Lord chose them to be set apart, to be holy, to be different from everyone else, to display God's glory. It's through them the Messiah comes, through them redemption comes, but it doesn't mean that they're the only people that God loves. God loves all people and he shows it and he speaks this to, to Isaiah over and over again about all of the nations that he loves and he loves Egypt. He loves the Egyptian people then and now. And they're not even necessarily the same people as when Isaiah is speaking to them and the people that inhabit Egypt now. But he still loves these people. And he loves the people that call themselves Egyptians. Verse 23. In that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. The Assyrians will go to Egypt and the Egyptians to Assyria. The Egyptians and the Assyrians will worship together. In that day, Israel will be the third, along with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing on the earth. I want to pause right there. Right now, Israel is uh, essentially, uh, they're, they're Jewish. They follow Yahweh, but they don't acknowledge Jesus as their Messiah. And, and in truth, most Israelites, most Jews are atheists, um, but there is a contingent of Orthodox Jews and, and Reformed Jews in the land. But right now, Egypt is Islamic, and as Assyria, what used to be Assyria is now Iran, Iraq. These areas of Syria, Babylon, all of this, um, it's it's now very Islamic, and so Isaiah is not talking about an Islamic Assyria or an uh, an Islamic Egypt because it's saying they're they're all going to worship together, Assyria, Egypt, and Israel. They're they're going to be three nations that are worshiping the same God. The one true God, the God of Israel, the God of Jesus, right? The 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 God that we worship, they're going to worship Him as well, and in that day there'll be a blessing. So that's not this day. It's not like well, Assyria and Egypt do worship the same God right now, but that's not what we're talking about. It's not a a God that's a blessing to anyone. There's there's a change coming, and there's going to be this highway between you know uh, Nineveh, Nineveh and and cairo or memphis or whatever you want to call the capital of egypt at that time there's going to be this this road where people will make pilgrimage and worship in that day verse 25 the lord almighty will bless them saying blessed be egypt my people assyria my handiwork and israel my inheritance what a beautiful amazing blessing and again this has never happened. This is not something that historically, as of yet, has happened. So we still look to this in the future. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.